You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. And uh, we have everything you need starting to go up there on Sporting News for week six. I have the picks against the spread, which I do every week, breaking down the games in terms of who will win or lose and what we think of the point spreads and uh, over-unders and... Uh, that always helps us in fantasy. And then we have our rankings and we'll have our sleepers and busts up there later. And then next day, we'll have our start sitcom that I do and that I break down on Lineup Thursday. And a reminder, on Lineup Thursday, we'll have uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, Director of Fantasy for Pro Football Focus, back on the show to help us break down a few pressing things that uh, we have in our mind with fantasy going into week six and uh, as a reminder you leave a review for the show on itunes and your twitter handle and you have a chance to win that pro football focus edge subscription of 39.99 dollar value so that's pretty cool we love our partnership with pro football focus and uh, jeff will give us some great insight for sure so let's uh, dive into a matchup wednesday where we will break down every game both sides to see how we think it might go to give you an idea of uh, where you want the shares of in fantasy this week and things that you may want to avoid as well, situation-wise. We start with uh, the Eagles-Panthers game on Thursday Night Football, one of the better Thursday Night Football matchups you'll ever see, really, uh, outside of Thanksgiving Day. When you look at these two teams, they're rolling, they're 4-1. These two quarterbacks, Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, are red hot here. If I'm going to go with one guy, I go more with Newton for sure. He's red hot. I know Wentz has had a big game as well, but Newton's at home. It's a short week. Wentz is not maybe the same quarterback on the road that we've seen here, especially in terms of his fantasy production. I think he could struggle a little bit, hostile environment, short week. Eagles team that's still struggling to run the football a little bit, so that's going to help the Panthers here where – aren't focus as much. You look at their receivers. Alshon Jeffrey is a definitely a tough matchup for anyone here. But the other guys, a lot of big plays have happened for the Eagles. I don't know if they'll get those here against the Panthers. The Panthers are also capable of containing Zach Ertz at tight end. So uh, I, th- I think overall, I think you go away from Wentz. You're still going to play Ertz. He's the one every week guy as well as uh, Jeffrey even through some tough matchups there. So those two guys are playing, but I think I'd pump the brakes on Wentz. We have to look on the other side here with the the Panthers' run defense. I think you have to maybe think about not playing Legard Blunt, especially with the split with Corey Clement and Kenyon Barner. It looks like Wendell Smallwood is going to be out. On the Panthers' backfield, uh, this Eagles team has been pretty good against the run, but uh, I think Christian McCaffrey is the every week guy. Jonathan Stewart has kind of faded where – we're not sure of his touches, and he could get, easily get shut down up front with Fletcher Cox returning for this Eagles defense. So I don't think you would go there. I think 
you have to watch for Devin Funches. He's got a knee injury, but at this point you have to play Be- Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches consistently here because these are the guys getting the targets and chances to score with their big bodies in the Seagull secondary. Definitely that's still the weak spot. We're not looking good here for uh, Ronald Darby to return. So that's where the Panthers will have to go. Quick passes to those big-bodied guys again like they were in Detroit. So you go there, but pump the brakes on Stewart. I think you're going to see more McCaffrey as well after he scored for the first time last week. So defenses, I think I would stay away because these offenses have been pretty efficient. And uh, you can find it elsewhere. Uh, don't fall into too much of the primetime Panthers narrative. The Eagles will still play well once they'll protect the ball. I just don't know if you'll have the same effectiveness throwing downfield. We go to our next game. It's the uh, Browns going to Houston here. Another great opportunity for Deshaun Watson to get going. We'll start there. Now, it's not the greatest matchups for Lamar Miller, but you're plugging him in. He's getting clearly the high volume over Dante Foreman, who fumbled last week. So Lamar Miller is in there every week. But as we said, the Browns have been pretty good against the run and have contained a lot of good backs here early in the season. So it's a team that you can definitely throw on, which is great for Watson. I think DeAndre Hopkins is locked in every week in your lineup. I think Will Fuller, you have to keep playing him as well as he keeps scoring. I mean, two touchdowns each in the first two games. So hot hand, you got to continue there to go with this part of the Texans passing game. You could also extend Ryan Griffin. We know how badly the Browns have struggled against tight ends. A little bit of a difficulty there is that uh, Watson is more locked in with his wideouts outside, Hopkins and Fuller, but... Because you look at uh, Griffin and things that Cleveland has given up to that position, you figure he'll be more involved. He's no schlub. We know that from the Patriots game and the production he had there. So it could be his best game since then. And uh, Cleveland has one decent corner out there with Jamar Taylor. So uh, I I think overall you could see a little bit more in the middle of the field. Watson can run well as well. On the other side, not feeling much again. Duke Johnson Jr. is really the only Brown you can look at. I think David Njoku is also worth a guy that uh, you can put in the lineup because of athleticism. You know that Travis Kelsey was able to do some things against the Texans. And without uh, J.J. Watt and Whitney Marsalis on the edge, uh, Njoku and uh, Johnson are definitely worth looking at again as the touchdown scores from Cleveland a week ago. And Houston's defense against Kaiser or Kevin Hogan, you can put in there to make some big plays, even without Watt and Merciless against a team that turns over the ball a lot. Now we go to the Patriots-Jets game, and the Patriots, you're rolling out all the usuals. Tom Brady popped up here. He's going to pop up on the injury report with a uh, shoulder injury, non-throwing there to his left shoulder. AC joint is what it's being described as, but he's fine. He's supposed to be going through it. Speaking of fine, Rob Gronkowski with a thigh injury, it looks like, after he had to miss week five, that Thursday nighter in Tampa Bay, that he'll be good to go in this game as well. It's a, uh, I, I think it's a good spot for all the normal Patriots. Uh, Chris Hogan, you have to play just the way he's been, almost like a wide receiver one in fantasy because his ability to score. Brand Cooks has been a disappointment, but I think he could get going in this game as well. Morris Claiborne has been good, but I think after this long extended period. Patriots will try to find a way to get Cooks going. He's only really had one big, big game there against the Texans. So I think they want to get him the ball earlier and get him going as the so-called number one receiver here. But he's played like a wide receiver three so far. So 
But uh, Cooks, Hogan, Gronk, Brady, you can extend to Danny Amendola with his usage from last week as well. And uh, this backfield, it's hard to read, but if there's one guy that I'm going to throw in, it's James White, even though Deion Lewis flashed. And uh, Mike Gilsley has flashed with the touchdowns. I think James White is the only one guy you can totally trust here. The Jets side of things, the Bilal Powell doesn't look good to play with that calf injury. We already know that Matt Forte is probably going to miss another game with his knee and toe. So great opportunity here for Bilal Powell out that you'll have uh, Elijah McGuire get the ball. And uh, that's what the expectation is, that he'll touch a lot. The rookie there is going to get a big opportunity here. The over-under is 47. So the Jets have a chance to score some points in this one. So great spot to put in McGuire. Everything lined up nicely for him after the Patriots have struggled against the run. And then uh, I think Austin Safarian Jenkins is a guy that you can look at more with how tight end is kind of uh, blown up as someone that you can plug in here because he's going to be an integral part of the Jets offense. Might be the top target here for Josh McCown going forward. But McCown could be another sneaky spot here for uh, some garbage production in this game. And uh, like I said, McGuire is looking very good to have a feature role in this. And you got to play it back like that no matter their age, no matter the situation. Our next game is the uh, Falcons hosting the Dolphins. A great spot for the Falcons defense coming off a bye. I think uh, Dan Quinn will have some things there uh, planned for them. It's pretty high over under in this game, but I think there could be points on the Dolphins side for sure. One of their better offensive performances, but I think the Falcons with Jay Cutler on the other side at home will be pumped coming back, having had an extra week to prepare for this game. So defensively, Dan Quinn's unit should become a pumped. Offensively, you'll see Matt Ryan. I think he'll come out and play better. Didn't have a very good uh, first four weeks of the season. The bye is going to help him adjust. Julio Jones, good break there where he probably couldn't have played in week five, but had the bye. He's good to go here with the uh, hip, knee, whatever you want to call it. Jones has been banged up quite a bit, but he's good to go. Mohamed Sanu is not looking like he'll play in this game. So you left to see how it goes, but Taylor Gabriel and uh, Austin Hooper are probably going to make up for his uh, work here. So if you have to stretch a little bit, your bye weeks are hurting you, uh, you might look at Gabriel or Hooper, especially if you had uh, Sanu in your lineup and you need someone in your wide receiver three or flex for a week. And then obviously the running backs, we don't mention uh, Tevin Coleman too much, but he's been involved there right along with Devonta Freeman. We didn't think it was going to be the same way with uh, Sar- Steve Sarkeesian versus Kyle Shanahan, but I bet that's another thing that happens after the bye with uh, Sanu out that Coleman also gets uh, more attention here, as well as Freeman, your weekly stud at running back. On the Dolphins' side of things, uh, I don't think I would go Jay Cutler, but Devontae Parker looks like he's going to survive that uh, ankle injury that knocked him out of the Tennessee game and come back and play here, so... Watch for that. They're confident he'll play. If not, Jarvis Landry is going to be a great player working a slot. He's Landry's still a solid one in this one because of the maybe catch-up nature. And I think JHI, the volume returned last week. So hopefully the Dolphins will get in position at some point where JHI can punch in a touchdown. And I think just scoring will change his outlook a little bit. I think offensive line, they had a little uh, scandal there. But uh, maybe things will come together. team will rally up front to get uh, playing the way they are capable of and uh, that'll open up a jai at least early before the game flow gets out of hand it is an 11 point spread for atlanta so they're expected to be playing ahead 
for most of the half. When you look at uh, the next game, it's a potential for a shootout here. We do have a 50 slash 51 over under on this game. The Lions traveled to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Matthew Stafford, there were some concern because uh, they didn't really talk about it after the game, but the hamstring and ankle, you, you just got really beat up in that game against the Panthers. Uh, had to throw a lot to come back and a lot harder day than expected. So he's banged up, but he's a guy that has been extremely durable since early in his career with a shoulder injury. So he's a guy that you totally expect to start. Now, this is a, this is a good spot for a potential high-scoring game. We've seen this in the playoffs before. These guys can go back and forth, Stafford and Drew Brees. So you're definitely avoiding these defenses, although that uh, there is some improvement on both sides. You're going to totally avoid that. It's a good spot for Amir Abdullah, like Alvin Kamara on this one. Melvin Ing- or Ke- Mark Ingram, you got to see if he's going to get going here. But Kamara is the Saints back that I trust most at this point. And it should even be a bigger case after a bye. And they uh, have him in a more regular role with no Adrian Peterson anymore after he was traded to the Cardinals. So that was the big development. So I think the Saints, you're going to breeze. Kamara, Michael Thomas, you'll be happy to have him back in your lineup. It's hard to trust too much more. I mean, the lines have been uh, kind of a beat, beat up by uh, tight ends of late uh, with uh, the big play by Ed Dixon. But I think for Kobe Fleener to be on the field, the Saints have to be trailing a lot. And uh, I don't see that scenario here. I think they could be in control of this game. So Willie Sneed, uh, Baron Coleman, Ted Ginn Jr., I just don't trust uh, those guys beyond. So Thomas and Kamara are your main sources here along with Breeze on the line side. Abdullah, like I mentioned, I like. Then you have uh, Golden Tate. It's pretty much in your lineup. Disappointing last week, so I think he has a chance to get going. He works the slot, which is good, because uh, Ken Crawley and Marshawn Lattimore have been very good on the outside, so not a very good spot for Marvin Jones Jr. And I don't think it's as good as you think for Eric Ebron as well. So Lions limited uh, Offense, not as much explosion as you've seen in the past. So if you can uh, pivot away from Stafford, I, I would. But I think it's not a bad spot. I think he just has a limited uh, ceiling with the way this offense is not as explosive as you think with the matchups they have in this game. Our next game, uh, sticking with uh, more parts of the NFC North, you have the Packers traveling to the Vikings. We'll start with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers on fire I think they'll continue here in a division game. He's just feeling it everywhere. He's going to exploit the good matchups again. He has them away from Xavier Rhodes there and Trey Waynes. He's going to pick on whoever gets that Waynes matchup. So this is a game where they expect it to be close. It's only minus three. It's 46 over under. The thing we're going to have to watch is Jordy Nelson. I think he'll play through his latest injury, but uh, it didn't look good at the end of the Cowboys game very banged up, so we'll have to watch him. Devontae Adams is just fine. Came back from that concussion, scored two touchdowns. So I think he's back in your lineup every week. Randall Cobb will have to take a wait-and-see approach. The Vikings are pretty good in the middle of the field at times with their slot coverage. So it's a tough matchup for Nelson with uh, Xavier Rhodes probably on him. But uh, even through that injury, you're going to play him. In the backfield, and Aaron Jones, if he gets touches like that, you have to have him in your lineup. If you have a pretty good matchup, you might have an alternative there because Jones is maybe in a late stack in your lineup. Ty Montgomery doesn't look like he's going to play. If Montgomery has a chance to play, then you have to pivot definitely off Jones. On the Viking side, 
it's a pretty good chance Case Keenum is going to play uh, there and start. So he's not a bad streamer here this week at home. He's looked very good at times, and uh, he's kind of getting grooved with these receivers. The one thing you'd have looked for, Stephon Diggs, if that growing injury may uh, limit him here more. But Adam Thielen is a pretty good start as well. And uh, Kyle Rudolph, now that uh, we've seen a good connection developed there between him and Keenum, I think you have to get those guys in there because the Packers' defense has struggled in the past. They did give up a ton of points to the Cowboys last week. So Jerick McKinnon is also... Good if you pick got him on waivers, uh, you can go ahead and plug him in here because he'll be an active part as well with the game flow in the passing game. I don't see any scenario which Latavius Murray is going to be trusted or the Vikings are playing from head or in control of this game at all. Now we go to our next game. It's another one o'clock here with the Bears traveling to Baltimore to f- play the Ravens. This looks like one of the more low-scoring games of the week. It's a 39 over under, maybe. 40 pushing it, but the Ravens, as you'd imagine, are favored. It's Mitchell Trubisky playing on a short week, his first start as a rookie quarterback on the road. So it just seems like a bad spot for everything. I think Jordan Howard at this point is the only bear that uh, you can really feel good about. I mean, he came through but uh, just faced a very tough Vikings run defense that was uh, making Trubisky beat them. I think Baltimore will try to stack things as well. They played a little bit better against the run without Brandon Williams, and we're not sure if that he can return. Just a good run stopper inside a defensive tackle. So if he doesn't return, I think Baltimore will commit extra guys inside, not scared with uh, any of the Bears receivers. Their corners have been playing great across the board. Jimmy Smith, Ladarius Webb. So really hard to trust anything in the Bears beyond Howard just by pure volume, I think it's another tough spot for Tarek Cohn with the speed of the uh, Ravens' defense. On the Ravens' side, uh, really you're looking at Alex Collins and Buck Allen. You can have different shares of them. It's more clarity here with Terrence West joining uh, Kenneth Dixon on the shelf. Kenneth Dixon, we know, is out for the season. West here is uh, got a calf injury. So now it's a little bit more clarity where it's Allen and Collins. So Allen is more the touch versatile back that uh, I think is more playable. I think Collins is more of a deep league play, but um, that's how you kind of have to look at this Ravens backfield in the passing game. It's not as great as you think against this um, bear secondary, which has actually played over its head. So I think it's a good spot for Benjamin Watson more so than uh, either Mike Wallace or Jeremy Macklin. I think, uh, Watson can definitely be busy, especially with the Bears linebacker core hurting. And uh, they did give up a good game to Rudolph last week, who was consistently open and uh, had some mismatches against uh, cornerbacks that were forced into doing some coverage there with their issues at linebacker and safety. We really like, obviously, the Ravens' defense. They're a rookie quarterback. Always uh, circle them as targets to play your defense, and the Ravens are one of those uh, defenses that you're going to play in a situation like that for sure. We go to our next game. It's the 49ers and Redskins. It's a big spread, and I don't understand it necessarily. The 49ers have played pretty much every game consistently close here. They've really had only one blowout that uh, you can really think of. So the problem has been uh, not scoring touchdowns. I think Brian Hoyer kind of solved that problem a little bit. They still had settled for a lot of field goals that uh, cost them there in the end in Indianapolis, but I don't think Washington is that good of a team to see a 10-point spread. Just 
an aside there. But uh, in, another thing is that it's a 46 over under. So they expect uh, the 49ers to move the ball here. Uh, the big story is, is it going to be Matt Breida or is it going to be Carlos Hyde? And the hot hand issue really is a concern here that that's the way that uh, the 49ers want to play in the backfield. So it's really hard to trust Hyde. It's Redskins' run defense has actually been pretty good. So Hyde or Breida may not be a decision you want to even make or answer this week with that, that situation. And San Francisco, Brian Hoyer is not a bad streamer this week. There's no Josh Norman on the other side. So that's going to help us top talk at Pierre Garçon. Marquise Goodwin had a good game. We saw them finally use George Kittle, the very athletic rookie tight end. He scored last week and got a lot of targets. So this is a chance for the 49ers to be in this game for a while. I think it'll be closer than people think. So not a bad spot for streaming and uh, deeper sleepers with uh, more bye week issues this week on the Redskins side, let's hope that Rob Kelly plays. Early in the week, it didn't look good for practice. They're they're hopeful they'll still be there, but Samaj P. Ryan just hasn't looked good running the ball, and it'd be tough to trust him even against his bad 49ers run defense. I think if that's the case, Chris Thompson, regardless, is an excellent play, but Kelly could be a solid play, get going here to have his best game of the year and uh, score a touchdown if he plays. So that's what we're Looking for, I think, it, coming out of the bye, you'd expect that uh, Jay Gruden will want to focus on the power running game and have that work a little bit to help his defense in a game like this. And the Redskins should be playing for him ahead. Let's see if uh, Terrell Pryor can continue that uh, momentum he had from uh, making that one big play against the Chiefs. Uh, Jameson Crowder will have to kind of wait and see. So it's been kind of a twist and turn type of a Redskins receiving core because. We've seen flashes from Josh Doxon, but not enough to trust him from them. So Doxon, Pryor, Crowder, until they sort this out, it's hard to know. And then Jordan Reed versus Vernon Davis. Even Jordan Reed is healthy. We know that uh, Vernon Davis could be playing more. So it, it's really tough to like anything there. But the one thing that you can trust there in the controls is Kirk Cousins. And if you want to play the Redskins defense, you could. They're at home. They can force some turnovers. But uh it's not the greatest play, but it's not a terrible play either as well this week if you're really desperate for a defense. If you're not desperate for the defense and you own the Jaguars and everyone in every league, they should, they should be owned by someone in every league at, at this point with a, a two-and-a-half favorite here at home against the Rams as we dive into the 405 window here. It's a 42-under, so... It could be another spot where Jared Goff struggles. You obviously like Todd Gurley a lot. Hopefully they won't, the Rams won't, to follow the Steelers' poor game plan of not feeding their versatile, explosive running back enough against a pretty bad run defense. So I really like Gurley this week. They're going to feed him as much as possible, especially after that frustrating loss to Seattle at home. Jared Goff uh, struggled, so I think they want to definitely get Gurley as many touches as possible and why would you why wouldn't you against this the Jaguars defense who struggles against backs but are really good against uh, quarterbacks wide receivers anything else in the passing game with their pass rush and uh, secondary so Rams I think I've fade everything in their passing game pretty much all put it on Gurley on the, this week I also don't really like their defense I look at Blake Bortles on the other side but the defense can get run over, and if the Jaguars can simply just hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette and power through, they're going to keep doing that and protect Bortles as much as possible and uh, trust that their defense will put away the game. So 
not a good spot for the Rams uh, defense. I think it's a little bit of a trap, especially to play them cross country on the road against a three and two Jaguars team, same record. And uh, you look at Fournette. What can you say? He is really busting out. I think Kareem Hunt better watch out. Fournette with that ninety yard touchdown round, another big game. The reason why the Jaguars are three and two because. Defense has played very well, but Fournette and the offensive spark he's provided just by high volume and being the whole centerpiece, even when everyone is gearing up to stop him, is pretty incredible. So Fournette, you love it. You're going to have him there. You're just excited to have him in your lineup every week now and uh, expect him to have a pretty big game as well. So a lot of uh, young backs going off here at SEC with uh, Gurley and Fournette in the passing game. Hard to trust anything with uh, Marquise Lee being the only real consistent receiver here for the Jaguars. So that's about it. Fortnite and defense, but always a DFS stack, but you need to consider that combination. It's The other side of things with the QB wide receiver slash tight end is the running back defense, and the Jaguars have provided plenty of uh, good stuff with that combination this year. We continue in the 405 window. There's only two 405 games, so it's not much of a window, but it's the Buccaneers and Cardinals, and uh, this one is a tricky one because it's 44 over under, but it could be, well, high scoring than that, or it could be lower scoring. It's just hard to tell. These two offenses are very inconsistent. The Cardinals went on the road and scored only seven points against the Eagles. The Buccaneers had a lot of chances against the Patriots, but... Didn't really score much. So you never know what you're going to get. These are very inconsistent teams. I think with Tampa Bay, I look at it, they're favored in this game, which is very surprising. It's a very long road trip. So people are just not high on the Cardinals in this one. I think Winston is playing pretty well. You look at the Cardinals' issues there in the uh, secondary beyond Patrick Peterson. So that's what you kind of circle. But Cardinals are at home. They're going to get Adrian Peterson here playing his first game. I don't have really high hopes for Adrian Peterson to do anything, but I think he's a guy that could maybe galvanize his team, get them going a little bit. Another veteran presence there with the Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald. So I expect Fitzgerald to rebound here. And uh, I think if I would go with a receiver, I think it would be Jerron Brown. The Buccaneers have really struggled outside. So Fitzgerald in the slot, we saw Danny Amendola kind of eat them up as well. So I think Jerron Brown and Fitzgerald are there. I still can't trust John Brown and George and uh, JJ Nelson with the way they're splitting snaps and uh, are kind of a more big play dependent. So I think John Brown, Fitzgerald, or Jerron Brown and Fitzgerald get going here on the Buccaneers side. It might be a good spot for Deshaun Jackson because you're gonna have Patrick Peterson going towards Mike Evans. Probably try to hold him in check there. I think Evans is still a guy you're playing, but uh, even the struggles last week, but Jackson is going to get Justin Bethel on the other side. We know that uh, Bethel can be burned for some big plays outside. Brand Cooks had a pretty good game against them last week, so I think you look at uh, a potential for a big play on this side as uh, Brand Cooks burned the Bucks secondary, but uh, you look on the other side that uh, Jackson tore up the Patriots as well, so when you look at uh, what you're going to get from Jackson. This is a good time to roll the dice on him for some deep throws. I think Cameron Brait is a guy that you're going to put in there with these tight end issues again across the board and Baez now creeping in. Cameron Brait looks pretty darn good with his red zone usage. So Brait, Evans, Jackson, Doug Martin, 
it could be a tough spot for him. The Cardinals have been pretty good against the run. That's the one thing they've done well defensively consistently. So Martin could be tough, but you're still starting him because you're going to get the higher volume, especially with the one week to have already gotten his feet wet. So there you go in this one. I think you avoid the defenses in this game for sure because I think it's going to go over that 44, just my gut feeling with some of the firepower in both of these teams and what could be a big passing duel between Winston and Palmer. And the reason that you might want to sneakily get some shares of this in DFS, Winston and Palmer are very solid plays in in year-long fantasy leagues as well. But uh, DFS, I think a lot of people may be away from this game too much, but I think this is a good spot for Winston and Palmer to potentially put up some uh, big, big numbers uh, trying to outscore each other. Now we go to our marquee game of the week. It's the 425 headliner here on CBS. It's the Steelers and Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. And now the over-under, I think, again, another one that might be low is 46 here. The Steelers' offense definitely has struggled. We know that. They should have done a lot more against Jacksonville. They were trying to pass the ball a lot. It's Todd Haley now facing his uh, former team, the Chiefs. The Everything looks in turmoil for the Steelers, and everyone's going to be off them. Ben Roethlisberger's on the road. Now he's not as good a, at home, so everyone's going to panic and question what's going on here. But that's exactly where I think you want to be on the Steelers, especially on DFS, because the Chiefs, the one thing, they're not really dominating defensively. They've given up a lot of uh, big plays and points here consistently. They didn't really get to the quarterback there in Washington, and the kept the Redskins in the game with their offense. If they had a little bit more in the running game, then the Chiefs obviously get a lot of uh, garbage points there that made the game in Houston a lot closer than it seemed. So keep that in mind with the Steelers. This could be a good chance if they make some adjustments here. Uh, this uh, pass rush, hopefully uh, Marcus Gilbert comes back to help Roethlisberger for sure lock down at least one side against Justin Houston. So when you look at... Uh, this, I think it might be a sneaky chance for them to get going with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Both of these guys had big games against the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. So this could be a definitely a recreation of that with the, the firepower they definitely can have and go at any time. I think Juju Smith-Schuster, I've mentioned him as a maybe sneaky play this week. And uh, as really the Steelers' number two receiver for sure with a snap count and targets. So Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster... Bell, and I kind of like Ben Roethlisberger's sneaky play that everyone is going to fade this week. On the other side for the Chiefs, Alex Smith, he's not getting close to every week start status with the way he's playing. This is definitely a week that you are starting him against Pittsburgh defense at home. Now, avoiding the defenses in this game, but uh, Kareem Hunt is in there for sure. Travis Kelsey will have to see if he clears concussion protocol. He'll be in there. Tyree kills. So pretty simple with the Chiefs. In terms of fantasy, the way you line them up. But definitely avoid their defense this week. Even when it seems like you should play them against Pittsburgh. With the struggles against Jacksonville last week. And uh, the Chiefs kind of having a lot of their talent. But without Eric Berry, I think it could be a good position for Roethlisberger to get going. And find some good matchups this week. After everyone is totally panicking in Pittsburgh. We go to our next game. It's the Chargers and Raiders. Philip Rivers and Melvin Gordon, you got them locked in. I think Hunter Henry has to keep playing as well for you. Uh, Keenan Allen. So those are the four guys that you're looking at for sure as the Raiders' defense still has a lot of holes. I think everyone else is hard to trust with the targets and looks there. But uh, definitely uh, 
Gordon, Allen, and Henry are your principals there with Philip Rivers, who got hot on the road and maybe will stay there in a maybe another potential back and forth game. Derek Carr is expected to return. That'll be great for uh, Michael Crabtree. Mari Cooper still not feeling it. I think you have to park him until you see something, especially with the the respect he's still getting from top corners. He's just not playing very well, and I think. The Raiders have realized that going to Crabtree more. Manuel looked at Crabtree more. I think Carr will look back to Crabtree. Look maybe more to Jared Cook to get him going as well. Marshawn Lynch is a, another good spot here. He scored last week. That was good to see even in the struggles against the Ravens. But uh, with uh, Lynch and uh, what he's doing, this Chargers run defense has kind of been eaten up. I mean, they let Orlean Starkwa and Wayne Gallman in a really bad Giants offensive line and running game get going. So you figure that's going to be good, especially if Carr returns. The Raiders should have game flow in their favor, and that's always good for Lynch in this one. And uh, definitely avoid the defense in this one. Not enough uh, talent on either one to slow down these offenses. And our final game, there's not much to see here, at least on one side of it is the Broncos final game of Sunday with the Broncos and uh, hosting the Giants. The Giants don't have anything left here. It's Eli Manning and Noah Dell Beckham Jr., no Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard might have to miss this game. We're not sure about the backfield split. It doesn't matter. You're not playing anything on the Giants' side against the Broncos. So forget about it. The over-under is really small here at 40, but... I think that's because the Broncos are going to be complete control of this game. A lot of running, C.J. Anderson. So Broncos defense might be the best play of the entire week. The way things are going, C.J. Anderson will come back from the bye with a nice workload against a bad, now bad Giants run defense. Demaris Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Trevor Simeon at home. Trevor Simeon, not a bad streamer this week. He's been a better home quarterback for sure this week. So Thomas, Sanders, Anderson, Simeon defense. That's how you kind of go. And we have one more game. It's Monday Night Football, the Colts and Titans. Another week where you're going to have no Andrew Luck for sure. He's already been ruled out, but not a bad spot for Jacoby Brissett against a Titans defense that's not very good. So if you need to stream him again after the fine performance against San Francisco at home, it's an opportunity there. T.Y. Hilton is in their lineup. I think even with the Marlon Mack buzz, Frank Gore, someone that you can look at as well. And uh, Jack Doyle, if he can return from that concussion protocol, the Titans have been kind of eaten up by that position as well. So it could be a sneaky, high-scoring game, especially Marcus Marion returns. The one problem, it sounds like, is that uh, he's still considered maybe a game-time decision, which is very tricky were to trust anything because we saw that uh, Richard Matthews, Delaney Walker, DeMarco Murray, everything was dragged down with Matt Castle. So that's a frustrating situation for fantasy owners having to wait that late into the week. You'll have to make your decisions on most of those other guys well before then, especially because there's not many other options in this game to look at. So uh, so that's the one thing you're going to have to watch. But if, uh, if it's evident that... Uh, Merritt is really not practicing or limited and is not playing. You have to read the tea leaves and maybe make a decision. But I think the only one person you can really trust in that case that may not be affected is Murray against his Colts run defense. But everything else with Matt Castle in there is a little bit of a mess, and uh, that's what you have to look at. So there you have it. There's another edition of uh, Lockdown Fantasy Football in the Book. That was Matchup Wednesday. Make sure you're checking out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Network and is subscribing on iTunes or Audio Boom to get them to you. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this is Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.